morning. Good morning, just in time. My name's Lois and I'm part of the team here at the Foundry Community Church. Um, I would love to know before I tell you my answer, is there anyone brave enough to tell me a word that describes your personality? Handsome young man, come on. And humble as ever. Absolutely, yeah. Bubbly, that's a great word. Bubbly personality anymore? Too much at times. And your wife nodded. And I'll leave that on there. Did someone? Bold, fabulous, bold, anymore? Anymore? No, that's all right, that's all right. Um, I'm going to give you a word to describe me. There's loads of words to describe me. I'm not going to look at my parents, who will probably think of many words. Um, one of the things you could say about me, only in certain times, is that I can be a little bit stubborn. Now, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky, go-with-the-flow-I'll-do-whatever-you-want-me-to kind of gal, unless you tell me I have to do something. In that moment, I have a knee-jerk reaction that goes, no, ain't nobody telling me what to do. Um, and I have to confess something, that this happened last week right here, when Megan, lovely Megan, at the end of the service, after Kemi had preached, she said, now it's time for everyone to stand and sing. And I was sat there, and I looked at her and went, no. Because in that moment, I thought, I'm really comfy. I don't want to stand and sing. I'm actually all right, just as I am. <laughs> Megan's booing me in the corner. Now, I was semi-joking in that moment, I have to tell you. But there is something in me that when someone says, do something, and I'm like, I don't want to, I go, no. I'm not in the mood. I don't want to do that. There is this tiny bit of me that can be a bit stubborn. When people tell me to do something, the first thing I think is, why? Why should I? Why do I have to do that? And why is a question that I've been asking a lot recently. If you've got a child in your life in any form, you will probably know that why is the most annoying question ever. Why have I got to do this? Why have I got to go to school? Why do I have to eat fruit in bed? Why is the sky blue? Why do broccolis look like trees? Why is Christmas over? Why can I not go on the phone? Why, 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 why? Why can be the most annoying question ever, but why is a really helpful question to ask. It's a question that will help us to learn, to discover, and to grow. And I've been reading in my quiet time a book in the Bible called Proverbs, Proverbs is a book that's all about how to be wise. And I've decided in 2024, I want to be a wise woman. So I'm reading Proverbs and trying, hoping that it might help me somehow. And the theme throughout Proverbs is if you want to get wise, if you want to be wiser, you've got to stay teachable. You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep discovering and keep exploring. And the way we do that is to keep asking, why? Why do we do the things we do? Why do we say the things we say? Why do people say to do this? Why does the Bible say to do this? Why do we do this at church? When we gather on a Sunday, why do we do these things that we do? Now, why is a good question to ask if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, 
it's good to say, like, God, why do you ask us to do that? It's good to ask your connect groups or your friends, why do we stand and sing, or why do we pray, or why do we read the Bible? It's good to ask if you're a Christian. If you're not a follower of Jesus, it's good to ask, why do Christians do some of the weird things that they do? Because let's face it, some of them are weird and confusing, and it's okay to ask why. Because when we ask why, we will learn and we will grow. So 2024 is the year of me asking why. So if you say, can you get me a cup of tea? I'll say, why? And then that'll be followed with, of course, absolutely. I'm leaving my stubborn nature behind. And why is a question that we've been asking on the Sundays in January. So we started out um, setting up this foundations series because what we want to do at the start of the year is lay some foundations that we believe are important for us to build on in our spiritual lives. So in week one, David asked the question, why do we read the Bible? In week two, Kemi asked the question, why should we pray? And today, I'm going to ask the question, why do we worship? Why, last week, did Megan look at me and say, and everyone else, it wasn't just me, let's stand and let's worship. Why is it that every time we gather, we do this Christian karaoke at the start and at the end of our services? What is this worship thing? And why do we do it? But a quick disclaimer, the word worship, which we're going to look at today, is a big topic and a big word, and so I'm afraid you're stuck with me for two weeks, because today I want to talk about worship as in the standing and the singing and the worship time that we have either on a Sunday or in our own lives, and then next week I'm going to scrap everything that I said this week and talk about how worship is actually so much more than just the songs that we sing. But we're going to start by talking about worship, as in the worship time that we have together here. So, what is worship? Well, worship is our reaction to God's action. Worship is our reaction to God's action. So, when we sing, when we stand and when we sing together, what we are doing is we are reacting to the things that God has done. We are responding to the person that God is. Worship is our reaction to God's action. And I think that some of the best songs, hymns or Christian songs, are songs that tell the story of what God has done. If you're familiar with Christian songs or hymns, um, would you like shout out what your favourite one is? Have you got a favourite song? You can write it in the chat if you're part of the online squad watching us today. What is your, one of your favourite songs you sing or hear in church? How Great Thou Art. How Great Thou Art. Praise. Praise. Cornerstone. Cornerstone. Fabulous. What was that one? Tremble. Tremble, a great song. Songs that tell us how good God is and what he has done. And those songs are a way of us, when we stand and sing them, they're us reacting to what God has done in our lives. And if you're not familiar with any of those songs, then I would suggest going on YouTube and just typing in Christian songs and seeing what comes up, because there's some great music out there. The best songs tell the story of what God has done, his ultimate action for us. And the Bible tells us about that as well. This is how it can be summed up best in John chapter 3, verse 16. And it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, 
so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. And you know, every time that we gather together, every time that we open our mouths, we get to remind ourselves that God did an outrageous, radical, incredible act of love by sending his son Jesus to die so that we could live. And when we are worshipping, we are just reacting to that good truth, that God truth that he is for us and he is on our side, that he does good things. Like we sang this morning, that his goodness runs after us. That even when life is really hard and even when we are grieving, we do not um, have to exist without hope because with God, with his great act, we have hope that the best is yet to come. So our worship is just a way of reacting to what God has done for us. Now, how should we worship? This is going to get fun. Hang on. How should we worship? Because you probably have noticed that people worship differently. They express themselves differently. Now, I am a very proud auntie to two, let me get this right, two nephews, four nieces. Um, family life is chaos and every one of them the nieces and nephews are very different they have their own personalities Um, and Christmas shows this perfectly because when I gave each of my nieces and nephews a gift they all reacted very differently one of them smiled and that was it one of them was like thank you so much gave me the biggest hug ever one of them ripped it open and was like oh my goodness One of them was like, can I tell you about this? And wanted to do it with me. Another one was like, cool. Another one was like, is that it? (laughs) Which is fine. I got them paper. But you can do that for a three-year-old, can't you, sir? Each of them reacted really, really differently. And that's kind of like us. When we are given a gift or when someone does something for us, each of us will react really differently because we are created different. We have different expressions, different personalities, different preferences, and so that will come out in the way that we react to God. Our worship will all look a little bit different because just like we heard at the start, we all have slightly different personalities. Some of us are handsome, some of us are bubbly, some of us are reserved, we are really different in how God's created us, and that will be reflected in our worship. So it's okay if the way you worship looks different to the person next to you. And it's okay if the church down the road, their style of worship is different to another church. That is okay, because God created us all differently. The first church that I was ever part of when I was a child was a charismatic, Pentecostal, inner-city church in Hull. Um, And this is my memory of that, of the worship in that church. Our pastor, David, would, when the drums would strike, he would take his shoes off didn't he? He would take his shoes off, mum. First thing he did, take his shoes off. In readiness, apparently it was because he felt he was closer to holy ground if he didn't have the shoes on, but that's, you know, whatever. Um, He did it in readiness for what I like to call the kingdom shuffle. This is my memory of David's worship in that first church. Does anyone remember the song, These Are the Days of Elijah? What a banger! So David would take his shoes off, move them underneath his chair, limber up, 
And he would start to do what I call the kingdom shuffle. And behold, he comes riding on the cloud, shining like this. That was what worship was like in my first church. And I was like that, yeah, bit of this, bit of that. Loved it. Now, a little bit later, we moved over from Hull to Cheshire, where we joined a really big Baptist church. Now, (laughs) I don't like to brag, but... I gave myself, actually thinking about it, nobody gave me this title. I gave it myself. Chief Flag Waver. Mm-hmm. The flags would come out like this. It was a way of worshipping the Lord and knocking people out that you didn't like as well. And fun fact, you know, each flag actually has a different meaning. Uh, purple is royalty. Red was the blood of the lamb. Blue was something else that I've forgotten. Using flags was another way of expressing our worship. I've parked my flag days, too many injuries, so I've left them there. Um, And in this church, if you ever stand anywhere near me, you might notice that I quite like to move in the worship. Sometimes, it's because I need the loo. More often than not, though, I'm just a mover and a shaker. Some people are movers. I like to clap a lot, never in time. Never, ever in time, actually, but I do like to clap a lot. That is just my reaction to God's action. I just like to feel it in my body. But I need to confess something, that sometimes I've fallen into the trap of thinking the way I do it is the right way to do it. And if people aren't as jumpy or as clappy or doing the kingdom shuffle or the arms high or waving a flag, then they're not doing it right. But God's taken me on a journey (laughs) of two things. Um, I've been learning two things. One is, can't believe I'm admitting this, I'm not always right. Crazy, I know. And the second thing that God's been just reminding me is that God creates us all differently. And it is okay that we express ourselves within the way he has created us in our diversity, in our uniqueness, that we feel the freedom to bring ourselves to God, however we feel. So I'm just going to fly through a few examples from the Bible of ways that we can worship. Now, these are ways that the Bible um, gives examples to worship. This might be the kind of worship that you see here at FCC, or it might be the, the way that you want to worship. So the first way to worship is to sing. We sing, we love a good sing song here. Christians love a sing song. Shame we can't all sing. That would have been good, wouldn't it? If the Lord was like, here's a beautiful voice for you all. Anyway, the Bible talks about singing over 400 times. That's more than like one for every day of the year. That means we should just be singing all the time. The Bible says this in Psalm 96, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Do you know, it's, I know I joke about it, but it's not just Christian karaoke that we do. We are singing to the Lord our God. It's more than just words. We are singing to our Father in heaven. So that's one of the ways that we can worship, is we can sing. Another way we can worship is that we can clap our hands. Clap your hands, all people, farm, farm. I need my glasses on. Psalm 47, verse 1 says, clap your hands, all you people. Do you know, we love it when, when sometimes we'll share praise reports and we're like, let's celebrate what God has done. 
Sometimes in worship, people just want to clap for the Lord. And actually, it's good to remind ourselves that we're not clapping for ourselves or, or each other. We are giving the glory and the honor to God because we believe that he deserves it. So sometimes we can worship by clapping. Another way that we can worship is by getting loud. Psalm 47 verse 1 says this, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Now, I've got a big voice, a loud voice, so sometimes I sing or shout really loud. Sometimes you might hear people just whooping or whistling or cheering for God. And you know, that, that it isn't, um, we're not like showing off or we're not trying to get the attention. What sometimes that is, is an overflow of joy. Sometimes it might be that someone's had like pain buried or just a hard time buried and actually they just have known what it is to be freed by God and they just want to react to God's goodness by shouting that God you are good so it's okay in church to get loud it's also okay to show your worship by getting quiet Psalm verse 46 verse 10 says this be still and know that I'm God and sometimes when we worship, what we will do is just have a moment of being still and being quiet before God. And they're probably the moments that I find the most uncomfortable. I know that I need to work on being comfortable with silence. Because either I just want to fill it and just talk and just move on, or I want to, like, just my brain goes somewhere else and thinks about, like, anything but God. But it's a really good spiritual practice to just be quiet before the Lord. So sometimes in our worship or in our services, we'll have times where, a bit like before, we'll just say, let's just listen to God. So we can be loud and we can be quiet. Another way that we can worship is by speaking. And you might have been in a service or in worship and you just hear people just talking. Do you know that we can talk to God as if he is right there next to us? Because we believe he is. We believe he is in us, he is with us, he is all around us. And if you feel like maybe you just want to start talking to him, there is permission to start talking to him. This is how Psalm 34 says it. It says, his praise is always on my lips. That just means we are talking to God. So a way that we can worship is just by speaking to him. And if you're, you don't know what to say, you could start with the name Jesus. Like Sean was praying before, Jesus. Jesus, we're calling on the name of Jesus. We're speaking to Jesus. Another way that we can worship is by kneeling. Psalm 95 says this, Come, let us bow down, not boy down, but I like that. Let's boy down. Nice. Let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before our Lord. A couple of months ago, um, in our time of worship here, I was just like, do you ever feel just like empty? I just felt like I had nothing to give. Like to lift my arms hurt. My soul felt like just weary. So much had gone on and I was like, I've got nothing to give. And I felt that God said to me, just kneel before me. And I was like, that's awkward though. Because I think I was near the front I was like, all these people are going to see me kneel down. It just felt really exposed, but I felt like God said, just kneel before me. 
So I knelt down, made sure my jeans were pulled up, dignity first, knelt down and just wept. And you know, in that moment that probably was a bit exposed and awkward, I felt like God met me there. And what I felt like I was able to do is leave my worries and the weight and the burden and the heaviness on the floor. And then when I felt like it was time, I kind of stumbled my way back up. Do you know, it's all right if you just want to, at any time in worship, just kneel before the Lord. And it might not feel comfortable or natural. You might want to come to the front. You might want to go to the back. There's nothing holy about the front. You might want to go in the aisle. You might just want to sit and just kneel before the Lord, our God. We believe that he meets us there, even if it's a bit awkward and exposed. The total opposite way to worship from kneeling is that we can dance. Psalm 149 says this, let let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him. Just like David had the kingdom shuffle going on, just like I like a little bit of a two-step or a a little flag wave, we can dance before the Lord. There is freedom in this church to move your hips. There is freedom to move your body as long as it is for the Lord. One of my favorite ever songs is, Take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you. And that is a song that, like, is just a great song. Like, what a tune. But actually, it's a reminder. Do you know what? God has taken my shackles. He has broken my chains. He has done so much for me. He has set me free from so much that I can dance and I can move and I can live in the freedom and joy of all that he has done for me. So there is freedom to dance. And the last one I'm just going to fly through is that another way we can worship, something that you might see a lot of, is that we can lift our hands. Psalm 63, like that. Psalm 63 says, in your name, I will lift up my hands. I think I was a teenager when I first wanted to lift up my hand. And I remember being like, oh, this is going to be so embarrassing. Then I was thinking, what do I do? Do I do the goalpost? Do I do the V? Do I do the crucifix? Do I do the heartburn? Do I do the two fingers? Do I do the one finger? Do I do the fist pump? Do I do the waiter? There's just so many options. So many things you can do. I was like, what if I get it wrong? And in that moment, you know what I realized? I was more bothered about the people around me and what I looked like than I was about lifting up the glory to God. And that's all it is when we are lifting our arms. We are just making a point of putting our posture to God and saying, all for you. All to you, God. It's not about us. It's all about him. So you can lift your arms however you want. You might think that it's weird to sing and like lift up your hands. You might be like, why do Christians do that? Just, do they like love a little stretch? But I was at a Coldplay concert last year. Brilliant concert, by the way. And um, when the song, lights will guide you home, fix you, oh my goodness, hands were in the air. Because people in that moment felt an emotional connection to a song that was being sung. And if you sometimes look at us and think, why are you lifting your hands? Sometimes it's just that our heart has felt something and that we just feel we need to just connect with God. We need to just look to him 
We need to lift our gaze to him and point to him. So unleash the smelly pits if you want to by lifting your hands in the air. They are just some examples of how we can worship. And they, I appreciate, for many of you, might be comfortable and might be familiar. But if you're new to church or if you're just kind of finding your feet with this style of church, some of this might be new and that's okay. It's okay to find a way of worshipping God and expressing yourself and finding a way for you to react to God's action. God created us all different with personalities and preferences and styles and our worship will reflect that. He created some of us to be movers that do the hokey-cokey and shake it all about. He created some of us with this like deep reverence that will bring us to our knees. He gives some people the ability to worship worship God through sign language. He gave some people musical ability and a great singing voice. So however God has created you, you can bring that in worship. You can get loud, you can be quiet, you can kneel, you can jump, you can cheer, you can weep. There is permission and freedom to do that. And lastly, the question we're asking is why? Why do we do it? Why is it important? Why at the start and at the end of all our services and gatherings do we make this space to worship God? And firstly, as you've seen, and this doesn't always bode well for stubborn people like me, but like the, work, the Bible tells us to. It's an act of obedience when we worship God. But he doesn't demand it. He's not in heaven going, if you don't kingdom shuffle and do the goalpost and clap at the same time, I'll smite you down. He doesn't demand our worship. God invites us. He invites us into worship. That's like an honour and a privilege that the God of heaven would invite us to bring our terrible singing voices but our heartfelt worship to him. And God does that because he knows that it does us good. Worship changes us. When we give God our worship, our heartfelt worship, it changes us. You know, I've seen times in worship where people have like received healing from God. I've seen people who have just experienced joy. I've seen people who have just wept and wept and wept away worries. Worship changes us because God meets us there. He meets us right where we are. I heard it said recently that worship to a Christian is what a date night is to a marriage. Now, um, a bit of marriage advice that I've often heard people say is to, when you get married, keep dating your spouse. I've been like, what? That makes no sense. But now the more I think about it, it makes sense. What they're saying is, even when you get married, create intentional time together. And in that date night that a marriage might have, Creating that intentional space means that you are stepping in to a place of intimacy, reconnection, and communication. And that's what worship is for us. It's just a chance for us to step in to a place of intimacy with God, a place to reconnect with God, a place to communicate with him and hear from him. And that's why we worship, because that's what we want. Because our God that we believe in here, 
He's not a faraway religious God. He is a relational God. He is a close God. He is a personal God that wants to know you, that wants to be right on in there with your life. He doesn't want to be far away. He wants to be intimately close with you. And creating space for worship allows us to step in, to be intentional, and to create a place of reconnection and communication. And when we do that, we believe God changes us. We believe that God makes us more and more like him. We believe that he helps us and he heals us as we do that. So worship connects us back to a God who loves us, a God who has done something incredible for us, and a God who wants to know us intimately and deeply. And because of that, I think it would be right that we worship, do you? Yeah, should we worship? Band, would you come and help me? Because I, I, can't, I can't clap, play the guitar and sing. I can wave a flag if you want me to. Anyone got a flag? No, no flags. We'll have to bring them back, aren't we? There you are. Have you, I might bring them back, Megan. I might, I might bring them back. Do you know, worship is something that some of us feel um, really, really comfortable with. Some of us, it might just feel like a ritual that we go through every Sunday to just wait until the next part. My prayer today, this week, and this year is that actually we are able to unlock something in our own lives through worship that will bring us closer and closer to God. That even in the discomfort or the awkwardness, we would know what God has done for us and we would be able to find a way that can just be our authentic, heartfelt reaction to what God has done for us. Do you want to stand with us as we get ready to sing? And as we sing this song, the prayer team is going to be in the corner. And if you want to pray with, um, if you want someone to pray with you about anything at all, literally anything, the prayer team will be in the corner ready for you. It might be that in this time, you want to worship God by taking communion, which as Sean said, is at the corner there and over there. But it might be that just in this moment, you just want to say, yeah, you know what, God? I want to give you my best worship. A worship that isn't about me, but is all about you. And God, I thank you that you have created each of us differently and uniquely. Thank you, God, that you have created us with different preferences and expressions and styles. And I thank you that you are a God who allows us to bring it all before you. Thank you, God, that you allow us to bring our true selves, not a polished, perfected performance, but bring our honest praise to you. So God, help us to meet with you in the worship place. Help us to desire it more and more. And I pray that as we do it, you would change us and you would help us to grow. Amen.